My business was pretty good um, in August. Yeah, I'm a painter. I'm an artist. I'm a prophetic painter. And God's been good to me. But here recently, it seems like everything was going the other direction. And I'm in a, you know, a house, and I've got to pay bills. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, Lord, when am I going to be okay with not knowing? <laughs> when is it ever going to be okay to not know how you're going to make the ocean wake open up and walk through the dry land, you know? And so, um, you know, I was like, God, I need a job. And, you know, I said, well, if you're not going to um, sell my paintings, which I know God doesn't sell the paintings. I believe my faith sells the paintings. And, but there, it was just a dry season. And I said, God, what do you want me to do? And I, the only thing I could do that, I mean, I'm not really formally trained in any kind of uh, office work, so don't put me in an office. Um, my thing is I can talk and I can clean. So... I chose the cleaning, and little did I know that God started cleaning me, you know, that's, that's really what it's about is our cleanliness of our hands and our heart that God's interested in. It's not really about me building my business, um, you know, and it was humbling, and I was embarrassed, to be quite honest with you, because God really had me up pretty high at one time. I was on the water, living in a house, renting, paying, you know, paying. I mean, my paintings were going for big money, and, you know, I had a lot of pride. <laughs> and God began to just bring me back down to another place in Him. And it's not that God does that. He wants to lift us up. It's our pride sometimes. So I had a lot of pride. I'd drive up, and I didn't want anybody to see me um, bringing a tub in to clean. I'm being totally honest, y'all. I don't ever, I mean, I hope that you guys can receive this because it is, it grieves God, his pride, our pride, you know. And so I'd like wheel in. I used to have an Audi. That was even more embarrassing. <laughs> because people would look at me and go, what are you, what are you doing cleaning? If you can drive an Audi, oh, wow, big stinking deal, you know? But that is just the world. That's the world. They all judge us by what we drive, what we wear, where we live. I could care less. God has so set me free from that. But I'm telling you, there is some joy when you're scrubbing a commode. <laughs> and I'm really good at it. <laughs> I mean, when I clean, I do it unto the Lord. You know, I'm not ashamed to, you know, clean a house. In fact, I'm, I have a really good boss. I know she's not watching but she has been so good to us. And um, so getting back to this need I had. So last week I was like, okay, I've got X amount of dollars. And um, I was sitting on the couch and I said, God, I don't have enough. I'm lacking a chunk. And I didn't hear anything. I, got, I went to bed, got back up the next morning. I went, I sat down on the sofa and I said, Lord, you got a bill and it's due today. <laughs> and I went upstairs, and I had my phone up there, and I was getting ready to go to work, and I heard it go, shashing. It was a Venmo, shashing. And I looked, and I went, oh, my gosh. Somebody gave me $500, I mean, just out of the blue. Didn't, I mean, God answered that prayer, but they, I mean, I'm thinking, they must have made a mistake. They didn't send that to me. I was like, it's $500, you know. But anyway, um, the girl that it, it ministered to me so much, I, I just, I was just shocked and, and so thankful. And, you know, God can do anything. And if we will ask, you know, it's humbling yourself and asking God. And he said that he would take care of us. And I know a lot of people are in some strange times right now. Our country is in a mess and we, as the body of Christ, we have got to get before the Lord. We have got to seek God's face more than we ever have. 
And um, I know God wants to, and I know he's going to turn it around. I do know that. This is not a gloom, doom, sad, you know, we don't have any power message. This is, but he, I will tell you, he is after our hearts. And you can have as much of him as you want. I mean, we, we really, you can have as much of him as you want. I have had times in, when I first got saved, before I was baptized in the Spirit, and I was seeking the Lord, and I was so hungry because this man came to our church, and he ta- started talking about the Shekinah glory. And I was like, wow, man, I got to have that. And I said, Lord, can you, can you give me that? I want that. So I sat, I mean, it was like two or three days after that message, I sat and waited on the Lord. And he didn't show up that night. So I kept waiting. I sat and waited. The second night, he didn't show up. And I said, well, you know what, God? I'm not budging until I get that Shekinah glory. And that was my attitude. And it was a good attitude. I was that hungry. And so I waited. And he showed up when I wasn't expecting it, at a prayer meeting. (laughs) And I was sitting in the floor with three other people. And we took turns praying. Well, when it came to me, well, they were praying. I was sitting there, and I felt this weighty blanket coming down on me. And I started doing like this. And I was sitting down on my knees, and my face went down to the floor. And all I could say was, God, oh, God, you're so, you're so worthy. You're so, you're so pure, God. I mean, I was like undone. And I, I don't know where, I don't remember being in the room. All I remember was just his presence was so powerful. So, um... He said, he showed me wherever I went. I know I was in the heavenlies, but all I saw was nothing. It was, he was huge. I mean, he was bigger than anything you could wrap your head around. And I was like the only thing in the room or in the space. I was like a grain of sand. And he showed me how big he was. And... It only lasted for a few minutes, and then I found myself raising back up from that position of being on my face, and I shook. I couldn't even talk. I shook in front of these people for about 10 minutes. I couldn't stop shaking, and I was like, y'all don't even know. I mean, I know they were probably thinking, what in the heck is wrong with her? <laughs> you know, but, but all I'm saying is this. If you want more of God, he will meet you right where you're at. All you have to do is just go after him and go after him with a heart that you're not going to get no for an answer, that you're going to get what you come for. That's all I got. Awesome. That's an awesome word. And, um, you know, there's something that, there's a faith that comes through encounter. And uh, there's two things, and Lisa, if you could pray, if that, if there's two things I feel like the Lord wants to do this morning, you know, she encountered two things about the Lord, specifically this week. He's our provider. And I feel like uh, if there is an area right now, if you're needing the Lord to show up as Jehovah Jireh, as, his, as your, your provider, I'm going to have, uh, why don't you raise your hand? I'll have Lisa just pray over you. All right. Okay. Lord, God, you are our provider. God, you see these hands right now, Lord, and you know everything that they need, Lord, the needs, the situations. Father, I just pray right now. I just release my faith with theirs. You said where two agree touching anything, it shall be done. 
So, Father, I just, I just grab a hold of their hands, each one that's got a need, Lord. You said you would supply it. Father, we thank you for that. We have expectation of testimony of how you're going to do above and beyond what we could ever ask, hope, or think. And, Father, I pray that you would, whomever is in need right now, whatever it is, that they would just go to you and just ask just like a child. Because, Lord, you said that you would never turn any of us away. So, Father, I thank you for creative miracles. Creative miracles, Lord, to fall into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, that's awesome. Thank you, Lisa. Yeah. How is everybody today? Good? All right. You guys ready? <laughs> well, hey, um, that's exactly right. I mean, if you guys, I know we have a, uh, a handful of new people this morning, and I hope you guys are encouraged by this morning, and uh, specifically, even just what Lisa was talking about, we're after his presence. We want to see that Shekinah glory here in our midst. And um, we're expecting it, it actually. <laughs> um, we believe God's going to move here in a powerful way, not just with us, but I believe in the, the body of, of Christ at large. But I, I really believe God's going to move here um, in, a, in a mighty way. There was a Derek Prince, and I know you, a lot of you guys know I'm a broken record on this, but you know we fight with the prophetic words, right? <laughs> uh, Derek Prince, anybody know who Derek Prince is? You know, he had a word about Eastern North Carolina, specifically this area, that God was going to move here in such a great way that it was going to be like the Welsh Revival. And if you guys know any history about the Welsh Revival, it basically, like, changed the world. It was a catalyst to Azusa. And we kind of joke here, like, this is our little barn on Azusa Street here. <laughs> this building here, it's kind of funny. Like, uh, we talk about fixing the, uh, uh, the siding around the building. I'm kind of joking, like, maybe we shouldn't fix it because then uh, it wouldn't be the Azusa. Because, you know, Azusa Street, does anybody know about Azusa Street? It was like a barn, basically. It was like a dirt floor, and the Holy Spirit showed up in the early 1900s. And it transformed the world. A little barn. Isn't that how he does it, though? I mean, Jesus showed up in a, a barn, right? Changed history forever. So uh, God can show up in our little barn here, right? Although it looks a lot better. It looks like way better than it's ever looked. <laughs> so I got to give props to, uh, to Peter and uh, for I guess, uh, did you help him with that? <laughs> so Travis and Peter for clearing out. Isn't that cool, that open spot back there? Man, that looks so much better. We're not like running into everybody, like going to the back. Thank you, Peter. It's cool. It's a blessing. Awesome. Well, hey, we're going to get started here. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We welcome you. We thank you. You're here already. We just love hanging out with you. We love hanging out with each other, and we love hanging out with you. And we just, Holy Spirit, we just keep asking you to come. Keep coming. Let your presence come in a, in a mighty way, Lord. Let it increase in this place. Let your weighty presence come, Lord. We're not here for good worship and a good message. We're here for you. We're here for you. We're here for you. Thank you, Lord. So, Lord, I just pray you'd help me just share what's on your heart this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Awesome. I really feel like we've been on this kind of 
season of training and equipping if you've been here for the past, I don't know, what, month now? I mean, we've always been about training and equipping, but um, really we've had a concentrated effort to really kickstart that back up. You guys remember our vision statement, our vision? What, what are the three things that we're after? <laughs> we don't advertise it very well, but it maybe felt like we just keep repeating people get it. <laughs> Do you guys remember what, what it is? What are the three things? What's the first thing? You guys remember? Presence of God. We are after the presence of God. Number one, we will value his presence above all things. Number two, training and equipping. We are called here. Morning Star Wilmington, we are an equipping church. We equip, we send out. We equip, we send out. You guys know the story of my arguments with the Lord about God. How come we, can't, how come we don't grow? How can we just like get big and then shrink and then get big and shrink? And he said, you're called to train, equip, send out. <laughs> and that's what's been happening over, I guess, really the past 15 years or so. Um, so we're called to train and equip. And number three, you guys remember number three? What's that? Healthy community. That's right. God, we're about family here. You know, we want to, because real ministry Real Christianity is about relationships, you know, it's relationship with him, with each other. So we're trying to build that too. So the Lord's been highlighting um, this past year about training and equipping specifically. COVID kind of like threw a monkey wrench and all that stuff, um, but we're getting back on the, 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 the train here, right? <laughs> so we've been doing the past two weeks, we've been starting with the prophetic ministry, training and equipping. We've been having training kind of workshops after the service, we're going to have our last one on the prophetic uh, today. Uh, so if you guys are interested in, in uh, having lunch, we're going to have lunch or a pizza and salad or whatever right after the service, and then we're going to go right into it. And then out of that, we're believing that God's going to be birthing our ministry team that's not only here for the church, but also for outside the church, because um, that's what we're supposed to do here and out. So... Um, so that's, that's the plan. So basically, I felt like the Lord is saying, just continue to build on this. So if you're here two weeks ago, uh, I shared a little about, bit about, um, you know, where we minister from. Do you guys remember that message at all? And, it was, and I'm just going to do a quick review of it, and then we're going to go into and talking about the authority of the believer, okay? So... Um, you know, like uh, if you were here two weeks ago, we, we specifically, uh, I was preaching out of Ephesians 4, 11, and 12. And I'm going to read it real quick. And he gave some as apostles, some as prophets, some as evangelists, some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ attain, until we all attain to the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man and to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. So if you guys remember, verse 12, it says, uh, for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry. And how many of you guys know there's most of the body of Christ omits that part of the verse. They say that the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, they are to do the work of the ministry. <laughs> Has anybody experienced that before? You go to a church and the only people who are doing ministry are the pastors, right? You know, that is completely unbiblical, right? The fivefold ministry is to do ministry, but it's main, I believe main, I think scripture says it's the main role is to equip the saints to do the work of the ministry. And we've got that backwards. So, but the Holy Spirit, he's bringing that back around. He's maturing the body of Christ during this time. I had all, really cool. Uh, one of my good friends in Pennsylvania, um, he was sharing this thing about how right now during this time, they started doing a prophetic equipping workshop. They actually called it a workshop. Right now, during this time, it's just cool how God's like the Holy Spirit. He's like moving throughout the body of Christ and he's doing the same thing. You know what I mean? He's equipping the body to do the work of the ministry because, and the whole reason, and if you guys remember, like we've had dreams and we kind of talked about this before, there's going to be a move of God. We've all been hearing about the move of God, and, uh, but there's going to be such a move of God that there are going to be so many people coming into the kingdom that we need people to clean fish. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? We need people to disciple. We need people to train. We need people to equip. And you can't give what you don't have. So I'm telling you right now, if we don't have the body equipped, we're going to lose a lot of the catch. You know what I'm saying? So that's, that's like kind of our mandate, and I feel like the Holy Spirit's telling us to do, to equip, to train, and we're going we're gonna to do, we're doing the prophetic, this uh, kind of this module, I guess you'd call it, because the, the prophetic is kind of the cornerstone, we believe, of all the other kind of areas of ministry, and then we're going to do healing, we're going to do deliverance, we're going to do prophetic evangelism, and, and beyond. We're gonna, we, we just want to go deeper into the things that, that God has called us to do. So anyway... Uh, so how do we do ministry, right? We follow the Jesus model, right? Bill Johnson's famous quote, like, Jesus is perfect theology. Whatever Jesus did, you can kind of, like, take that to the bank because he was the exact perfect representation of the Father. He was a perfect reflection of perfect ministry. And he was actually a perfect example for us to walk in, Right? So Jesus is our model. And what was the first thing that Jesus did in his ministry when he officially was stepping out into his ministry? What was the first thing that he did? He got baptized. But what happened in that baptism? He got filled. Yeah, he got, yeah, he got filled with the Holy Spirit. What else? His identity was declared by his father. What else? You guys are pulling it up. This is an open book test, by the way. You guys got your book right there. Okay, but what happened before that? What happened in the baptism? That's right. You're right. That did happen. Yeah, the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit. You guys remember? Yeah, yeah. What did the father say? There were three things that the father said. This is my what, son? Beloved son. So his identity was established by the father. He was filled with the love of the father. And then his affirmation came from the father. Does that make sense? You guys remember this? I kind of like nailed that in last time. But this is huge. Remember we talked about these huge things? This is huge. This is where we begin ministry. Healthy ministry comes out of relationship. And these things, if Jesus was showing us the way, how much more do you think we needed what he received from the Father? Right? All right. So his first act of ministry was not doing, get this, it wasn't doing, it was receiving. Because we talked about this, if your identity comes out of like what you're doing, the enemy's going to trip you up. But if, if your identity comes out who you, whose you are, and, the, and you're operating out of a fullness of love from the Father, you're, you're going to operate, you're going to be successful, you're going to operate in a healthy way. You're going to be, God's going to use you in a mighty way. It's so cool. Like so many times we think we need to do, we need to do, we need to do, and the kingdom is more like, no, 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 no. It's already been done. Receive it, walk in it. We don't earn this thing. All right. Cool. And then, um, so today, that was just kind of what we had gone through uh, a couple weeks ago. Today, I feel like the Lord wants us to kind of go over the authority of the believer. And uh, we've talked about this many times. Travis, actually, you had a really good message. I don't know, it was probably a year ago about the authority, wasn't it? Something like that. And um, I feel like we need to establish that a little bit. Um, this morning, again, or, or really reiterated, just as important to know from where we minister. It's important for knowing what right and what authority we have to minister. Does that make sense? I know I kind of jumbled that up a little bit. But just as important as like receiving the love of the Father, be walking in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's knowing 
that you have authority, that you actually have a right to walk in the things that, that God has opened up for us as believers to walk in. So why is it important to understand the authority we have to minister the gospel? Number one, it will enable us to operate in the faith that is required to minister in the kingdom. So if you're confident that you have a right and authority to heal the sick, you will have the faith to actually heal the sick. And number two, it will protect us from the enemy trying to stop us by challenging our right to minister. Because when we minister, we talk about this a lot of times, there's two kingdoms that are going at it right now. And when we step out and minister in the, the, the gospel of the kingdom, we do damage to the enemy's kingdom. So obviously, he's always trying to trip us up and doing stuff, uh, keeping us from, from stepping out on that. So first, we need to know where does our authority to bring the kingdom of God come from? And second, we need to know how to receive and operate in that authority. Okay? So where does our authority uh, come from? So we're going to go through a bunch of scripture here. Uh, if you've got your Bibles, you can follow along. I might kind of go through them a lot. Uh, I just might just start reading through them because I kind of have a lot of scripture here for this. This is important, you know. So it started off in the, in the garden, right? God gave Adam the authority to subdue the earth, to rule over the earth. At Genesis 1.28, it says, God blessed them, talking about Adam and Eve, and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and rule over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So the authority was actually given to Adam when he, was, when, when he was created in the garden, right? To subdue the earth. He was in charge, right? And then the fall took place. And Adam forfeited that authority to Satan when he ate from the tree, right? Luke 4, 5. This, this is... Uh, Jesus is being tempted in the desert, and it says, And he led, him, he led him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, I will give you all this domain and its glory, for it has been handed over to me, and I give it to whomever I want. So Adam forfeited. He literally handed over the authority to Satan when he sinned. So... The remedy to this, Jesus, the Son of God, came as a man to take it back. You guys ever wonder why he came as a man? Why didn't he just show up as God the Son on earth and just kick the enemy's butt? Because he was stolen from a man. So he had to come as a man to take it back. Does that make sense? So he was fully God. He was fully God and fully man. We're not going to go there. I mean, let's just establish that when he came. And he, the Bible refers to him as the last Adam. Because there were two sons, basically. You had Adam and you had Jesus. The first son screwed it up. The second son came and redeemed it. So Romans, I'm going to read Romans 5, 13 through 18. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking a command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. Talking about Jesus. And verse 18 says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also the righteous act, one righteous act resulted in the justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of one man, the first Adam, the many were made sinners, that's us, so also through the obedience of the one man, Jesus, the second Adam, the last Adam, the many will be made righteous. So Jesus came back as a man, fully God, fully man, and through the accomplished work of the cross, he took back that authority. Matthew 28, 18, you guys know the Great Commission. When Jesus, then Jesus said to them, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. 
Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And, I sh- and surely I will be with you always to the very end of the age. So with the death and resurrection of Jesus, all authority in heaven and earth had been given to him. And now he's saying, with that authority, I'm commanding you to go, Right? Colossians 2.15, and having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You guys ever watched Chronicles of Narnia, the, the movie, or read the books? Yeah, my, my, my uh, kids were just watching it actually yesterday, and it's just kind of like bringing this whole thing back, you know. You know, when uh, Aslan... You know, he's, he's killed on that stone table, and then he comes back, and then he starts giving the, if uh, you notice, like, the, the, the kids, right, Peter and all of them, they start walking in this authority, and they start of the risen king, right? And uh, they're actually called kings and queens in the story, right? It's the symbolism of who we are. So that authority to rule was given, taken back by Jesus, and then it was given to us. All right. So with the authority that Jesus took back, he now shares with us John 20, 21. So Jesus said to them again, peace be, be to you. Just as the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Luke 10, 19, I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Mark 16, 17, these signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. We have been given the king's authority to bring his kingdom and his rule here on earth. Okay? So I know I went through that a little bit quick, throwing a bunch of scriptures at you, but uh, you guys have heard this before, but this needs to be the foundation. Authority was given to Adam. It was taken away through his sin. It was taken back by Jesus, and now he shares it with the co-heirs, right? The Bible calls us co-heirs with Christ. He's sharing the inheritance with us. So, um, you know, the best kind of symbol of this is like a king and a kingdom, you know, uh, but we really don't live. Maybe like the, the British would understand that, symbolize, that symbolization a little bit better. But like we kind of live, the best thing I felt like the Lord was showing me, the best thing to kind of compare it to is like kind of a sheriff and a sheriff deputy. All right. So, you know, like a uh, sheriff obviously is, is Jesus and the sheriff deputies are us. Right. So how does a sheriff deputy operate? Where, what, where does he get his authority from? The sheriff, right? The sheriff comes by and he deputizes and said, hey, you promised to uphold the law, blah, 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 and all this stuff. And they say, yeah, I do. And then they go out and in the authority of the sheriff... They bring the rule of law, right? I know this is a simple symbol uh, uh, of, of this, but this is, this is really how simple it really is. Jesus, the sheriff, has deputized you and I. He has given us the authority to carry out the law of the kingdom. So wherever we go, we can actually bring the kingdom of God in the authority of the sheriff. Does that make sense? So let's make this real. If you see the enemy beating up a coworker through sickness, through divorce, through all kinds of stuff that you guys know and walk through, you have authority to come against that and to arrest the enemy for what he's doing in that person's life. Does that make sense? It is that simple. 
And it's not based on anything you've done. We'll get into this. It is based solely on the accomplished work of the cross. It's based on what the sheriff did. Right? So, you have a family member, and they're struggling with depression. And you, as a deputy, if you want to call it, a spiritual deputy, you have the authority to come against what the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy in that family member's life. You have the authority. It has been given to you. All right. So we operate, you want to take the symbolism even further, you know, the law, we are operating in the law of love, the law of destroying the works of the enemy through healing, deliverance, salvation, miracles. All right. So number two, we're going to talk about how do we receive the authority that Jesus now gives us. All right. There's a principle that we all need to get, and we all understand this because we all, a lot of us here, hopefully all you guys are saved. If you're not, come talk to me afterwards. We can talk about this. <laughs> but when you got saved, you understand how you got saved, right? If you got a Bible, let's turn. This is a kind of important cornerstone scripture for today. This is Ephesians 2, verse 8. And you heard me talk about this before. This is how the kingdom works. The kingdom is works pretty simply. We kind of complicated it a lot, but it's really simple. When you got saved, you were, let's read this, Ephesians 2, 8, for by grace you have been saved through faith. And this not of yourselves, it is a gift of God, not of a works, results of works, so that no one may boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before so that we would walk in them. Beforehand so that we would walk in them. So how are we saved? When you guys got saved, how are you saved? By faith. Well, is it by faith? What? By grace. You were saved by grace through faith. This is key here. This is how we receive and operate in the kingdom. By grace through faith. So everything that we access from God is by that principle. All right, by grace, this is important because the enemy will come. Now, when we're talking about ministry, when you guys are stepping out in ministry, I just want to give you some practical things of like what you guys are going to encounter. And a lot of you guys have already encountered this stuff. So this might be a reminder to you and hopefully an encouragement to you to keep on doing it. You know, it's important because the enemy, he will come in and he will deceive, he will try to deceive you thinking that you minister out of somehow your good behavior. Or you prayed like and fasted for 40 days. Somehow you earned the authority to walk in this authority. You earned it somehow. I don't care if you've been a Christian 50 years. He will, that guy is a punk, and he will still try to deceive you with the same old lie. Somehow you earn this thing. You know why that's dangerous? Why is that dangerous? Right, why is that dangerous? What happens when you sin? Separation, yeah. What happens when you sin, though? You, <laughs> you die. But in this context, if you believe or you have this thought, this idea that you, somehow you gained the right to have the authority of the kingdom to walk in it, what happens when you sin? You no longer have it. That's right. Because as soon as you sin, you're like, oh, man. Guess, man, I screwed up. I guess I can't minister. God doesn't speak to me anymore because I just yelled at my kids and I was angry with my kids or I cussed out my whatever. You know, you know, every day we all sin, every day. So if the enemy can convince you that somehow you walk in authority of the kingdom based on anything that you do, he's got you. Because as soon as you sin, he'll come along and he'll say, see, look, 
You sin. Who do you think you are? You're trying to bring the kingdom of God? Man, that is so freeing. You've got to get this. I've got to get this because I'm still trying to get it. It's so freeing. We don't operate out of our own works, out of our own earnings. It was done. That's why Jesus gets all the glory, all the worship, because he did it all. So it is only by grace, only by grace, that we, have the, uh, we can walk as sons and daughters with the authority of the kingdom. So don't ever think, oh man, I'm, especially when you start really walking in these things, man, I'm somebody. I'm, I'm like giving words of knowledge left and right. I saw this other dude get healed the other day. Man, I must be doing something right. <laughs> this will happen. I am telling you right now, this is a prophetic word to you. You start walking in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Pride will, you will be tempted with pride. But if we are standing on this cornerstone of the finished work of the cross, of what Jesus did, that he gets all glory, he did it all, and everything we receive from the kingdom, it is by grace through faith. Does that make sense? Because you're going to get this. Well, I mean, here's the bottom line. And even, <laughs> we were singing it this morning. Melissa was singing it this morning. The enemy, he'll try to make it about you. He will. But it has nothing to do with us. It has everything to do with what, who Jesus is and what he did. So you're going to get this. You didn't spend enough time praying and fasting. You can't minister. I'm telling you, if you had asked me, this, I'm going to tell you a little story. If you had asked me if I had thought that I was earning something by what I did, I would have said, no way. It's only by grace. I only do this by grace. <laughs> but as soon, so like 15 years ago, right, I think it was uh, that, about that, my wife and I, we went to the school of ministry in Morningstar. And I remember it was like one of the first couple weeks. They kind of like taught us on the prophetic. And they were like, all right, guys, see ya. Go out two by two. Just go out and do stuff. And, we, and a lot of people were just like, what? Wait, huh? I'm not ready. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, and I had been walking in it before we came to the school, but I still was kind of like a little bit like, man, I'll go. this is cold. It feels like cold turkey. They're just kind of kicking us out, you know? But that's what Jesus did, isn't it? <laughs> before he taught the disciples to pray, he sent them out to do the works of the ministry. You guys realize this? <laughs> So anyways, so I remember this, and I, I, was, I remember this thought came in my mind. I was like, man, I need to go get alone with God. I need to pray for about an hour or two hours, and maybe even fast. Maybe if I fast, you know, I'll get some. And then I was just like, ah, I just, we just got to go out and do this. We just got to go out. So I remember, uh, I don't know, we went to Home Depot for some reason. I don't even No, yeah, we were. We were going out, and we're just kind of going out, giving words to people, praying for the sick, that kind of thing. And I remember we went to Home Depot, and we're just kind of having our spiritual antennas up, you know, Holy Spirit, who you want us to go minister to? And then, uh, you know, then my natural sense, like, took over, and it's like, man, I got to go to the bathroom. So I'm heading for the bathroom. And you guys ever been to Home Depot? It's like a long way to the bathroom, right? So I'm walking, walking. And then all of a sudden, I started feeling this funky, like, pain um, in, my, in my foot, you know, in my ankle area, or this, my foot. And, uh, and I was like, man, that's weird. I mean, I stepped on something or whatever. And then all, it, all of a sudden, it went away. I was like, wow, that's weird. And then I remembered through the prophetic training, I was like, oh, maybe the Lord's like trying to speak to me about giving me a word of knowledge for somebody's healing for their foot. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I started getting nervous. <laughs> and, um, and I was like, man, I need to go to the bathroom first thing first. So <laughs> I went to the bathroom. And I came out and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if this is you, and um, let me walk by that person. There was a person standing by me. When I walked by them, I felt this in my, in my foot. I was like, Lord, if I walk by them again, if I start feeling that pain again, like, I'll pray for them. <laughs> so I'm making these deals with the Lord, right? 
Hey, I'm just being real with you guys. I still do this kind of stuff. Lord, is that really you? If that's really you, let them come walk by me again, you know. And um, so sure enough, and I didn't mean to run into this lady. I'm going back down the long way to meet up with my wife and my, uh, there were two of other, other of us that were going out doing stuff. And as soon, I kid you not, as soon as I walk by this lady, this pain comes right back to my foot. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm going to pray for this lady. So I, and I came up to the lady and I was like, you know, hey, uh, <laughs> real kind of, you know, how awkward is this? I was trying to be as natural as possible. So I was like, hey, I'm a Christian. Um, the Lord, you know, I really feel like the Lord, you know, he speaks to us and to encourage people and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and I really feel like uh, he, he wants to heal your foot. Is there anything going on with your foot? And she just kind of like looked at me like, huh? You know, like that. She's like, yeah, I've got like constant pain in this foot because of bone, I got these bone spurs or whatever, you know, and I didn't see her limping or whatever. I didn't know that, you know, I just felt that pain in my foot. I was like, oh my gosh, okay, well, uh, can I pray for you? She's like, yeah, yeah, pray for me. You know, she was just so like kind of shocked, you know, just as much as I was, honestly. So I, and then I started, so I was like, all right, can I lay my hand on your foot and pray? And she's like, yeah, yeah, pray. So we just began to pray for her foot and we just come in all pain to leave. And, and you know, and, uh, and it was funny because her name then got called over the loudspeaker because she worked there. She was an employee. And, uh, and she was like, all right, I got to go. Thanks. And then she just kind of left. So I'm praying. I'm, I'm believing that she was healed. I mean, she was walking like she was healed. <laughs> but um, all that, that whole story to say, though, is like I thought before I even went out that I had to do something. Even though in my brain, I would have told you right off the bat, I don't have to do anything. This is given to me. I know this principle. I've been taught this 10 times. I teach this thing. I know it. The enemy will still try to come, and he'll still try to deceive us into thinking that we have to earn it in some way. He'll do it. I guarantee you. We're going to give some prophetic words in the training. I guarantee you some of you guys are going to, oh, man. I screwed up this morning on the way to work. I flipped, or on the way to church, I flipped somebody off because they cut me off. I'm not going to get a prophetic word now. <laughs> you think it's funny? Yeah, I'm, you know this is true. <laughs> I'm just being real with you guys. Hopefully, none of you guys are doing that. But okay, if you do, <laughs> confess your sin. <laughs> All right. So let me let me uh, talk about this a little bit. Now, praying, I don't, praying and fasting, and you guys know this, but I want to make sure, because some people might think, well, man, I don't have to pray or fast or do anything, and I just go out and do it. Now, praying and fasting does help. <laughs> praying and spending time with the Lord does help. I mean, let's go back to the Jesus model, right? What did Jesus do? He received first, then he went out. Okay, so it is good to spend time with the Lord, to pray, to fast, you know, because we're filled up with his love to be actually be able to minister to people in his love. Because it's not just about like, oh, the wow moments. You know, all of these things really are a sign that the Father loves them and he's wanting them to be reconciled to them. And he's doing it through us. Remember, we have the ministry of reconciliation. We are, we are ambassadors of Christ. All of, That's what all of this... This stuff is about all these spiritual gifts, all this ministry is really about. Okay? Let me just say that too, because a lot of times you guys are, man, all you guys are talking about is gifts and like miracles and signs and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, so is the Bible. Read the Bible. <laughs> but that's why we're about it. That's why Jesus was about it. He was coming to destroy the works of the enemy and to reconcile the world to himself. Now, he's, as he was sent, he's sending us to do the same. All right. So you have sinned. So, so you guys will, will feel that. You know, you've, uh, the enemy will come and he'll try to, like, kick you off the, the, the wagon saying, you sin today. Now, let me, now, there's a caveat here. Now, unrepented sin can hinder you from walking in the fullness. Let's just be clear with there. Unrepented sin, Okay. So I encourage you, like, don't think that, oh, I can just walk out. I have the authority of Christ. I'm just going to do it. Don't think that, like, walking in sin and knowing about it and accepting it is going to get you anywhere. Okay? You guys know this. But I need to make that clear. 
All right. Here's another kind of thing he kind of tries to trick us with is he'll bring up past sin, past failures. Okay. Don't get tripped up by this. The blood of Jesus covers all that stuff. He has separated our sin as far as the east is from the west. Don't let the enemy trick you. All right, so that was by grace. We operate and we access this authority by grace. Nothing that we have earned. It is a gift of God, not a result of work, so that no one may boast. It's kind of funny there. It says, it is not a result of works that no one may boast, for we are God's workmanship. You see, there's like, it almost sounds like it contradicts itself, but we're God's workmanship because he, it's all about him. We are still to do, to, to do the works of God, but it's from a place of by grace through faith. Okay. So by faith, we access this authority and our inheritance and the resources of heaven by faith. By faith. It is that confidence that comes as a son and a daughter. If you are a son and a daughter of, of the king, which if you're born again, you are, then you have an inheritance that you can access that Jesus made available to us through the finished work of the cross for us to now access by faith to bring heaven to earth. Okay? We've talked about this a lot. But we do it by faith. Okay? So, uh, you know, and a lot of times... Um, this confidence comes by, it's really kind of set on, you know, whose we are, our identity, okay? This is key to us operating in this. Because if my kids, if they, when they come to me, I got four of them, and they come to me and they say, hey, Dad, can I play with this? Or, Dad, can I do this? Or whatever. They come to me with confidence knowing that I'm going to give what they need, right? In the same way, we have that same confidence as sons and daughters, to approach him to say, God, my coworker, they're dealing with depression. Lord, I'm going to take your joy and I am going to displace this depression that the enemy is trying to beat up, this my coworker with. Right now, as a son and a daughter, I commanded to come. Does that make sense? Remember, God wants this more than you do. He wants to see his kingdom come more than you want to see it come. There's no like kind of, like, God, I'm begging you, please. Uh, and we're like kind of twisting God's arm. Well, I guess I'll heal that person. Okay. <laughs> That's not the, our father. Our, we have a good father. Perfect father. All right. So the enemy is going to come along and he's going to say, when you're ministering, who do you think you are? He loves this question. Who do you think you are? And he's going after our identity. Who do you think you are that you can do these things? Does that make sense? How many of you guys have heard that before as you're kind of ministering to your neighbors, your coworkers, or whatever, you kind of hear like, Man, who do I think I am? Sometimes we voice what the enemy is actually telling us. And we kind of say, oh, that was for me. That is the enemy's voice. Shut it down. And he does this because Proverbs 23, 7 says, and as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. He knows that if he can get you to think that you're not a son or a daughter, he's got you. You will not operate in the faith that is needed to bring the kingdom of heaven on earth. Does that make sense? The way you act, the way you live is a direct reflection of what you think. That's what that scripture is saying. As you think, so you will be. You will behave the way that you think about yourself. If you think of yourself as like a no good sinner and that you're just getting by and, you know, and you're believing all of the things that have been spoken over you, over your life, instead of listening to the voice of your father, what he says that you are, 
you will never walk in this stuff. <laughs> you will never walk in the fullness of your calling. You will never work miracles, signs, and all this stuff. Not that it's about all of that. All right. So how did Jesus battle all these temptations? Right, is the word of God. So number one, though, he established his identity from the Father, right? Remember, behold, this is my son. He operated from a place of sonship. His identity was a son. He knew and he had faith that he could go access heaven and bring it to earth because he was a son. All right. And then what you were saying with the word of God, that's how he battled the enemy. He shut up the enemy with the truth. You know, and this is uh, Matthew 4, 3, the tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, challenging his identity, if you are the son of God, he's going to do this with you guys. I'm just telling you straight up. If you really are a Christian, and he doesn't say, like, you're not a Christian. You're not a son of God. He just kind of throws in these stupid little, like, questions that kind of get you to doubt a little bit. You know what I'm saying? But Jesus silenced the lie of the enemy with the truth of God's word. And Jesus answered, it is written. This is what my father says. I don't care what you say, but this is what my father says. Because what my father says is truth. And it trumps anything else that you say or anybody else says. And I feel like there's, and I, I feel like I'm supposed to address this. There's, there's something, some of you guys in your life, and I think it's particularly like parents, some of you guys have been told lies about who you really are. And it's been told to you over and over and over again. And I feel like the Lord, he just wants to trump that, that lie, that you, that broken record that kind of, whether you know it or not, it's going around in your head of like, I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is. Like, you're no good or you're, you know, all this kind of stuff. There's stuff. I feel like the Lord just wants to break that, that record that's kind of going around in your head. Can we pray real quick? I just, Yeah. Lord, I just pray right now, anything that's been spoken over our lives that is not you, we just break it right now. It has no power over us. It is not who we are. Thank you, Father, that we're your sons, we're your daughters, that we're your beloved, that you have a purpose and a plan for me. that with you all things are possible. In Jesus' name. All right. So what does the Bible say who we are? 1 John 3, 1. Man, it would be awesome for you guys to just meditate on these scriptures about who God says you are. 1 John 3, 1. See what great love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. Galatians 3.26, For you are all sons and daughters of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Romans 8.16, The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are his children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. I mean, just get these scriptures in you. This is who I am, and I earned none of it. <laughs> There's not one thing I did or didn't do that allowed me to have this identity. It was only what he did, and me receiving and accepting and giving my life to him. Does that make sense? Sure. First John 3, 1 John 3.1 is the first one. I mean, there's tons of these. This is just an example. Galatians 
Romans 8.16. So when you hear that voice coming into your mind, when you're out stepping out in faith and trying to minister, battle with these words, the Jesus model. If Jesus, if that's how he defeated the enemy, we're called to do the same thing in the same way. Quote the word of God over it. All right. Well, cool. So just to review, guys, um, we'll wrap this thing up here. You know, it's important that we know that, first off, we have authority by the finished work of, of the cross. And second off, we access that authority. We walk in that authority. Well, you guys remember, how do we do that? By, through faith, right. By grace, through faith. That's how we access it. So when we start stepping out in the prophetic, as we've been kind of walking through right here, I encourage you guys, all right, it has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with him. I'm going to access heaven for the people God's placed me around to bring heaven to earth so that they would be ultimately reconciled to you, to Jesus.